You know every superhero gotta have theme music, right? People are crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going utterly mad. This guy gets it. I like him. He's getting angry. I'm here to make a difference. Welcome to another episode of Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Making. If you're listening to this podcast, Black Panther has reached the billion dollar plateau. That's right. Black Panther has reached a billion dollars worldwide to celebrate this achievement. I want to share a dialogue that I was able to have with some really good friends of mine about Black Panther. Uh, we talked about anything and everything having to do with the movie. You know, we talked about the Marvel machine, how much that factored into it. We talked about the cultural impact. We talked about the strong women leads in the movie. We're just able, we're really able to touch on a lot of different topics. And I hope you guys really enjoy this discussion before we jump into it. Just want to let you know that making a difference is being brought to you by uh, medical Villa pharmacy on 1520 Laney Walker Boulevard in Augusta, Georgia. If you're looking for affordable health care and a pharmacy that you can trust, look no further than medical Villa pharmacy, 706-722-7355, 706-722-7355. Also want to thank Jesse and Doris Willard, with your locally owned H&R Block at 2664 Tobacco Road in Hepzibah. I recommend them because of their 25 years in the business and because they personally do my taxes. Trusted Willards with your tax return at 706-305-1412, 706-305-1412. Let's jump into this great discussion about Black Panther. You're listening to Making a Difference. Family, what's going on, man? So excited to have y'all listening into the podcast. You know where you are. It's an episode of Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon, here with uh, some brothers of mine, literally, and figuratively, way back when, used to do a little podcast. I'm not a little podcast. Used to do a podcast called Drop a Dime, Movie News. Uh, glad to have those guys uh, in the studio with me, as well as my flesh and bl- uh, blood brother here with me. So I'm going to let these guys introduce themselves in their own way. I'm going to do this thing clockwise, so I'm going to start with my bro. What's going on, everybody? This is uh, James Macon. Uh, I'm pretty sure y'all know my brother. And... Um, you know, I'm just bringing my two cents to the table today. But, but don't sound too excited right there. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 kill him with over overjoy and stuff, man. You know, but you know, my it. bad, man. I ain't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, go ahead. Look, he went counterclockwise. I was gonna say, man. Hey, Jimmy. You know, we about to bring the drop of dime stuff back when we just gonna start arguing right around the time. No, you gonna time, interrupt man. that, man? Some things never change, baby. Some things never change. So, I'm Jerome Ferguson. For those of you who don't know or don't recognize my voice, um, formerly known as Rome the Irrational. Oh, <laughs> You know, me and Kitten, we go back to third grade, y'all. Third grade. I don't know about, um, that's what, 20 years, Kitten? Man, Over 20 years long, ago? Long time, man. Long time. It's going, crazy, going man. Going 30, man. It's crazy. All right, the guy here with the most generic name possible, Jimmy Johnson, also known as Jimmy Jackpot, as Jerome would call me because I'm good at predicting them box offices. He is. If some of y'all don't know, we can rewind it back in time when Kitten has hey, said. Hey, we're losing the tape, man. We're losing the feed. <laughs> we're, we're, we're losing the feed. going to be trash. Hey, y'all know people, man, that was like, that's like living off of stuff that they did like five, ten years ago. Hey, sometimes you got to live that's, in the past. That's your boy, Jimmy Jehoshaphat, or whatever he going by. But, uh, yeah. It's <laughs> but, uh, look, look, seriously, my, my bad, man. No, you good. Jimmy Johnson, you know, I've known Kenton. I can't even remember how long at this point. Jerome since fifth grade. And James met him a couple years back when 
the Marvel movie. We really start going to the movies together and everything like that. So I'm just glad to be part of the show again, man. It's good to be back amongst the, the fellas. That's what's up, man. Indeed. So, uh, look, it's MAD, drop it down, uh, doing a little daddy daycare. Um, look, y'all know how life is, man. One minute you, you know, get married or meeting some meeting a special lady. Next minute, you know, kids everywhere. So, Rome's a father. Rome's been a father now about, what, seven months? Six months, man. Six months. Well, if you want to count the time she was pregnant. <laughs> about two years. You know what I'm saying? You, you know? You know, contrary to some of our right, uh, our what, left-leaning people? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have been father since she was uh, pregnant. <laughs> so we uh, look at, you know, and of course you guys know, been a father here now two months, so. Man, how does it feel, man? Love fatherhood, man. It's, uh, it's a great institution. Trying to get some people at the table uh, locked in. Um, we're not going to name any names. Yeah, man, I've been thinking about getting a puppy or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know something along those lines. Take your time. Take your time. I'm telling you, man, James ain't lying to you, bro. Uh, I tell everybody the same thing. I love my son, but I miss my sleep. Mm, yeah, good point, good point. But, yeah, man, just uh, definitely want to shout out the, uh, the wives that also made this possible. Look for a few knuckleheads to be uh, doing a little podcast here. But, of course, as we mentioned, we are doing some dad daycare too. But nevertheless, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, Black Panther has like been successful, like beyond I think anybody's uh, wildest imagine, uh, wildest imagination, wildest dreams. Uh, 18 days in, Black Panther was at the 900 million dollar mark worldwide. Which, if you can do math, that's 50 million dollars a day since Black Panther uh, came out. Some of us, I think, you know, we were saying, hey, if the movie did, you know, 150 million. Uh, it'd be good, which Black Panther effectively was able to accomplish in three days. Yes. Um, what yes. are you guys' thoughts on Black Panther being uh, this much of a success? And, I mean, just, you know, however you may feel about it, just in terms of just the sheer numbers, you know, how you may feel. Because, you know, it, it was a movie that did have an all-black cast. Just want to get you guys' viewpoints on it, man, whoever wants to jump in. Man, I'll jump in first, man. I'll just say, you know, we've all talked about this offline. I think this is a cultural impact that we won't see for another 20, 30 years, seriously, because st- effectively Black Panther is Star Wars for black people. You see how people go into the movies with their cosplaying, people go into the movies making it an event, an evening out of it. You know, I'll tell y'all a quick story. I was at, um, I only seen it once. You know, a lot of people at the table have already seen it multiple times. I'm behind on that eight ball. Um, thanks, Denisha. But um, <laughs> so I went to the movies with my wife and, you know, my wife, she knows all about this Marvel stuff because she's always at the movies with me and I'm explaining everything to her. But I had a unique opportunity to explain this to someone that didn't know what was going on in the MCU. So we get to the last. So kidding. We doing spoilers. We doing spoilers. Man, Man, the, movie, the movie done been out. Okay, okay. I'm going to let them roll. I'm going to let them roll. So at the very end credit scene where Bucky is waking up and um, Shuri is um, talking to him. And right then I said, oh, snap. So um, Shuri was able to heal Bucky and get the Hydra stuff out of him. Older black lady sitting next to me. She said, how do you know that? And I looked at her. I hope I didn't look at her, you know, too scathingly. But I said, like, How do you, you not know that? I was like, You didn't see Captain America Civil War? I felt like a snob. But you know, it had to be said. It had to be said. So she was like, No. And I said, Treat yourself and make sure you watch the entire movie. So, and then another revelation that came. I was talking to my aunt, shout out to my aunt Mary in New York. Now, this woman, you know, she is 
religious of the religious, love her dearly. God is her armor. And she went to see in the movie, and she talked about how phenomenal and awesome it was. And she flat out said, I don't know nothing about no Marvel stuff, but I love that movie. I might go see it again. Mm. Kitten, Jimmy, James, at that point, that's when I knew. This movie is about to make money because you got church groups going out to see this movie. You got boys and girls clubs raising money on the Black Panther Challenge going to see this movie. All I can say is, yo, shout out to Bob Iger and Kevin Feige, man. They just they just knew what they were doing. See, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get to that point. I'm oh, gonna, and, uh, one, more, one okay. more thing. But I'd be remiss if I I don't acknowledge the true star of this whole situation, which is Ryan Coogler. That's Indeed. that's what we want. That's, yeah. the, because that's the magic name. Now you know. Bob Iger, Kevin Feige, they were the money guys. They put up the money, but they were the ones that said, okay, we're going to go ahead and put this in the hands of Ryan Coogler. And that dude, he brought it home, man. He hit the home run. To me, he's the true star. When when history is told in 50 years from now, cinema will look at Ryan Coogler as the he will be the architect of this defining cultural moment where the myths were shattered about black people not being able to not only um, lead a movie, but, find, you know, really get the um the money popping off too because i mean and i'm not trying to make it too i'm not trying to go too big on the identity politics but it is what it is all right all right well i could speak similar experience we went to a private showing and you know they in there they taking pictures they holding up the fist and all that stuff like that but when the movie was over it might have been 80 people in the theater mm. 70 of them left because they just didn't know like this is a marvel they didn't even hang around for the first thing and i was like yo these people really don't go to movies like that but they came out to this one and that just showed you the cultural impact that something like this actually has it's a unifying thing like anything that i haven't seen uh speaking to now now it's time to just let's dig deeper because you said you want to give credit to you know kevin feige and bob Iger. i can't give them no credit at all man and I'm, I'm <laughs> not even for cutting the checks, Jimmy. For cutting the not checks. Not even for cutting the checks. I, I, all right, he gets checks. no credit. If, if I, it, no. Let's keep it real now. Feige is the architect of the MCU. Now, and, that, and all that's cool. It's, it's similar to, you, you know. You drink busy lifting drinks. You <laughs> get nothing. Get, get nothing. Because people try to credit Fox now for taking a chance with Deadpool and Logan and the rated R movies. Mm. They didn't want to take that chance. Okay. Ryan Reynolds leaked that footage. And Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. And they got pressure from the outside to make the movie. So they're like, fine, y'all want it, y'all got it. And yeah, $60 million make that yeah, work. Exactly. And then it blows up. They want to sit there like, oh, we allowed them to do it. I kind of feel like because of the Spider-Man situation, they wanted to make Civil War. They didn't know they were going to get Spider-Man or not. So let's put Black Panther in and make him one of the story points. And if Spider-Man comes along, cool, we could throw him in in the fight. And that's kind of what happened. Like, yo, we need we need some type of plot device. Oh, we could stick him in there, see how he works, blah, 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 blah. You got all this pressure from the outside. We want to see Black Panther. We want to see Black Panther. Fine, you guys want him. We'll stick him in here. Let's see how he plays. Oh, it worked out? All right, we'll move forward now. Well, so that's why let, I can't well, get well, Let me ask you this, though, Jimmy. I mean, when you talk about the outside pressure, right, when we're talking about Deadpool, right now, that online outside pressure was, you know, right there in your face. You couldn't deny that. Yeah. Outside of, um, you know, the internal fan community, what outside pressure did you see? I'm not denying that you saw, yeah. but what outside fan pressure did you see um, prior to Civil War? We always seen, well, I ain't going to say we, but I've seen plenty of storyboards. And you, you had interviews with Stan Lee saying, you know, people really want to see Black Panther. You know, Black Panther's going to be one of the, that's one of the superheroes I really want to see on screen. And they waited until, what, phase three? 
Mm-hmm. To even introduce him, and even like they dropped little hints of Wakanda here and there, kind of kept it in the background just in case they ever decided to do it. But I just kind of feel like he really wasn't on the forefront like that. Well, you know, now that you're talking about that, that leads me to believe that it's not necessarily even Ryan Coogler that should get the pressure. It should be Nate Moore. He's one of the executive producers over there at Marvel. And he was the guy that brought Falcon in, and then he was the guy that brought up putting T'Challa in the movie. So I don't even know. Ryan Coogler deserves the, the execution credit, but as far as bringing Black Panther back into the, well, not even back. You know, bring, just bring, bring him, him bring him into mainstream. I'll, I'll give him a hand clap for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I would like to interject this. James, did you want to drop anything in here? Or? Um, pretty much after this movie, I mean, hey, it's no way possible that nothing like, I mean, you just, like, you have to give credit where it's due. Like, I think when it's all said and done, like, this movie is, like, really going to, like, like, change the world. Seeing that as, because... I'm going off of looking as, like he said earlier, I mean, you got people cosplaying out here now. So I just want everybody to know this October, <laughs> you better be ready because you're going to see a whole lot of Killmonger, T'Challa out here. Well, you better get in the weight Shuri, mode, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, look here, you know they had, you, they, had the, they had them expandable suits. So, you know, they... <laughs> <laughs> they gonna get it right for everybody, bro. No. They gonna... I, I, I will. I, I, I will. I will say this though. I can give. I, I, I can give Kevin Feige credit for this. This movie didn't shy away from anything. No, it didn't. And the fact that they allowed Coogler to come in, like, yo, this is what I want to do. If, if y'all ever get a chance, watch this YouTube video. Of the fight scene in the casino when Coogler was oh, yeah, breaking sorry. it down. Yeah. He was like, if you look at the colors that they have <laughs> on, it's from the flag. You yeah. know, red, like, white, and green. Yeah, yeah exactly. He was, like, I didn't even think about that. But the fact that they let, like, hands off, we're not going to sugarcoat nothing. To the, um, some of the divisive points that might have came up in the movie about colonizing and, you know, how black people struggled amongst the world and didn't help. They could have really been scared to approach those topics. But mm-hmm. they let him do his thing, so I can't give Kevin Feige the credit for that. I just I, when I look at this movie and I look at you know who deserves the credit and you know different things like that, <clears throat> I think it's just one of those instances where Marvel once again, when it comes to movie making, they were able to really just generate and create this perfect storm. You know, when you look at um, even just the presence of Black Panther in the in the movie, like um, not Winter Soldier, the um, Civil War. Civil War. When you look at, I mean, Black Panther stole a lot of scenes in that movie. Yeah. And so you had the buzz off of that just for the run-of-the-mill Marvel fan. But then when you add just like, you know, we talked about this whole cultural impact, but just the idea of Wakanda. And then you have a community, and I'm just talking about, you know, black folks in general who have always wanted to see Africa or the idea of Africa play out, you know, on the screen. And to have it just to have this type of just visually, just in terms of pride and just... this is a lot of what I hear is it's good to see us on the screen in a positive way that doesn't, you know, incorporate like these kind of ideas of slavery and different things like that. So you just have like this perfect storm. And when you throw that into the Marvel machine, a machine that literally has made anything and everything work. Whether Guardians it's, of the Galaxy. Whether it's Guardians of the Galaxy. <coughs> man, you uh, got to get that flu checked out. My man. bad, man. I thought that was that bad. <laughs> the colors. Nobody wants to see the colors on the screen. You're right, Kitten, because these cats made you believe in a talking tree and a raccoon. 
Just let that sit there. We got <laughs> see yeah. a talking tree and a raccoon, right? And then you know what, man? I, all I can say is, when Black Panther two comes out, oh man, it's going it's it's going to get shut. It's going to be some shutting down going on in some mm-hmm. of those theaters. They going to be ready. And, you know, I was reading something. Um, I can't remember the website where I read this article from, but it was um they were talking. It was a theater chain that was talking to um the heads of studios and telling them that they want more diversity. Now, the reason I bring that up is I hope Hollywood doesn't learn the wrong lessons from this film. And I was going to get to that, too. I'm glad you touched on it. Go ahead. Uh, so, you know, and I'm curious to hear y'all thoughts on it. Um, when I mean when I say the wrong lessons, I don't want to just see Hollywood just throw a, a whole cast of black people, Hispanic people, people from the LGBTQ community in the movie and just think it's going to do a billion dollars. You still have to have one important thing, a good story. Yeah. So, you yes. know, don't just think just putting, you know, people in a quote unquote minority um, from a minority community into a film is going to just pop off. No, because there was a you can look at this movie from a story perspective and tell that there was a lot invested in it. I listened to an interview that Ryan Cooler did on um, Hot 97. He was talking about how he went to Africa and, and stayed there for a little while and he immersed himself into the culture. And you can kind of see that in this movie you know where it was you know you had a lot of the tribes you know you had um you know the, the rite of passage all this stuff that he probably embarked on when he was um in his his own what i guess for lack of a better phrase pilgrimage right mm-hmm. you know so he um he really invested a lot you could tell this guy was passionate and then just real quick jimmy and i'm gonna just um and i'll, I'll get off my little soapbox let's can we talk about warner brothers for a minute man <laughs> Can, can we talk about? Can we talk about Warner really Brothers for a minute? This moment to bash Warner Brothers. No, Jimmy, but it's necessary. They need this, man. They need this in their life because. And kitten, James, put your boy yes, in his yes. place if he needs to be put. Is Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman not arguably the most popular superheroes in American pop culture? Can we can we agree to that? I don't think it's much of an argument there. Can, no. did, I mean, the only only one may be a Spider Man. Did that, the Marvel um excuse me did the Dark Knight trilogy not do over a billion dollars? Uh, no, two different movies did over a billion. So is it safe to say that Batman by himself 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 <laughs> could do a billion dollars in his sleep? And you get three of them on the screen. And at you the same got time. and so you bring in Superman and Wonder Woman at the same time. And mm-hmm. all these cats in one movie, and the Justice League, and they deliver on their opening weekend, ninety-five million dollars. Now the three. Let's keep it fair. The three-day weekend for Black Panther was two oh one. Let's keep it a bug, right? Let's keep it fair. Let's just look at the three-day weekend. How in the hell does a one? Excuse me, kid. I'm sorry. And the thing is, hold on. Even the two oh one number, the official number, I believe, was two oh four. The 201 was the estimate. The actual came in at like see, 204. See, Jimmy, you're going to make me smack somebody. For, I'm going to go to Warner Brothers and smack them. Dude. <laughs> so I'm like, how do you, but seriously, though, how do you botch that? And then another thing, too, and this is to add insult to injury. Not just insult. I need some salt and alcohol to this injury. Mm. You had Ryan Coogler direct Creed, which was distributed by Warner Brothers. Mm. So you had the filmmaker. Wow. That's right. You wow. had the filmmaker. Right. This is Ether. Mm. You That's had right. the filmmaker in mm. your grasp. He did mm. a movie for you. And you mean to tell mm. me you let him mm. go? Oh, that mm. hurts. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong for bringing this up? Yo. 
you know what? I, I like you how are, you brought you, all you, back around to Ryan yeah, Coogler. I like right. how that wrapped up. Right. Nice, pretty little bow on top. You, you you are wrong for bringing it up because I know it's, uh, it's some DC fanboys listening that's hurt right now. You know what? DC fanboys, y'all have to accept this fact. Your, your man's in them stupid. Thank you. Warner Brothers is stupid. I mean, the Marvel reaction got everybody going crazy, but they there's no excuse for. And then here's the punchline to it, y'all. Warner Brothers has been successful with comic book properties. We just got finished talking about the billion dollars the Dark Knight did, so they know how to be successful, yep. and they still botched it. So I think that's the reason why they deserve more criticism. I think Charlemagne would call that donkey of the day. Nah, they need donkey donkey of the era. Mm. <laughs> well put, mm. man. Y'all, woof, y'all, y'all harsh on Warner Brothers, man. I just, I'm here, really. Rome made some excellent points. I'm here to celebra- uh, celebrate Black Panther because there's so much to highlight. I mean, I want to come in because let's face it, y'all have seen so many think pieces. Y'all are tired of them. I'm tired of them. You know, I don't want to get into. You know, we could talk about the dichotomy of you know Killmonger and. You know, uh, T'Challa, we can get into all of that, but I really just wanted to come in, for, in first and foremost just to show how much of an economic impact this this movie was uh, able to make because at the end of the day, that's what's going to bring in the sequels. That's what's going to bring in... Because, you know, we, like, we throw around the word diversity so much, but this was an all-black cast. And there's diversity even within that all-black cast. When you talk about, you know, you have, you know, folks from different countries, different cultures, different dialects. I mean, there's diversity, you know, in that. So... I would like to see the next Black Panther movie maintain the integrity of that. But even beyond that, because um, I, I do want to talk about something that you guys, you guys want to see more Killmonger. Yeah. Yeah. You guys didn't think there was enough Killmonger in the movie. Yes. Of course, uh, Michael B. Jordan um, really just had one of the breakout performances of the movie. Uh, kind of take us behind you guys' uh, thoughts and ideology behind, you know, wanting to see more of that particular character. And in, in what aspect did you guys want to see? Um, I guess I'll jump in first. Let's look back at the first Thor movie. Why do people say Loki was one of the best villains that they had easily hands down? Loki was in it from the beginning all the way through the end. We got to know Loki. Like, we really got to know him. Killmonger, he pops in for a split second in the beginning. He pops in for a jail breakout. Mm. He comes, takes over. He dies. Movie over. You know, he delivered some powerful messages along the way. But we didn't get a chance to sit with him and know him to a huge extent like we got the chance to know Loki. Like, even Hela to a certain extent. You know, him and Hela had about the same amount of screen time, seemed like. They had a similar style, I ain't going to say a similar style story, but, you know, they was revealing secrets behind the scenes that we didn't know about, about the kingdom that they was a part of. True. So, Hela suffered the same fate. She had a really interesting background. They didn't focus on it that much. We didn't get the noise. She popped up, took over. She's dead. Killmonger, the same thing, man. With somebody that interesting, who has that knowledge, he went to Ivy League schools, and you know he had all this training and everything. He's like his rival, like you know. <laughs> yeah. But we need to see that. We need to see the Joker, and we just. It's funny you should mention uh, mention the Joker, and I think. <clears throat> So many for so many years we've actually addressed this topic and we've said you know what really makes a good villain and I I think I put my finger on it. What makes a good villain is the villain that two things. First thing is the villain that makes you believe they're right, that they're not a bad guy, they're just misunderstood. And the second thing I think that makes a great villain is the villain who makes you think for a moment, hey, this guy might actually win. 
And I think Kilmar was able to do both of those things. I, I will agree with you there because um, when he threw old boy off, you know, off the waterfall, I was like, I didn't see that coming. You know, <laughs> I was like, I didn't think it was going to go that way. You know, I thought Black Panther was going to beat him down a little bit. He escaped or something, whatever the case may be. And the, the story continues. The actual takeover did not see that coming. So I, I, I agree. Rome, what are your thoughts on Killmonger? You know, for me, I, I, Jimmy laid it out perfectly. I can't, you know, it's, it's hard for me to add anything to the way Jimmy laid it out because that's exactly how I felt. Um, the fact that he talked about, you know, comparing the Joker to um, Killmonger, and that's what I thought we were about to get. And to me, it just, I know we're here to celebrate, but we, we can't celebrate without at least offering some constructive critiques. Oh, sure. Marvel just has a bad time with their villains. They mismanage their villains. That's the best way I can articulate. They just they they've always had a habit of mismanaging their villains. And even when and the reason I deliberately say mismanage is because even when they have a good villain, they don't give you enough. You know, it's almost I and Kevin Feige has said this in different interviews that they're a hero centric studio that the villain is always a plot device. But to your point, Kitten, if you weave your villain in there, you know, it's going to make your hero even become more compelling because, let's be real, a solid villain that changes your hero is someone that you're going to remember. Look at what happened in the movie. T'Challa wasn't trying to deal, in the context of the movie, he wasn't trying to deal with other, you know, black people in America. He was Wakanda century. He was like, you know, we don't need to get involved in their business. No, we good. We, we here. We taking care of our own. And after, you know, he had his conversation with Killmonger and he saw that, you know, the pain that, you know, the lack of Wakanda's involvement caused, he wanted to get involved. So the fact that you had someone change the hero, that made you say, well, dang, man, you really want to see more of that type of um, interaction. And I'm, I, th I don't think Killmonger's dead. I really don't. There's, a, there's some things in the comic book, if you guys keep up with the Black Panther series, that will land to... I believe that Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan, could come back. Oh, I'm going to ask James real quick. I think he's coming back. Yeah. Like, what's his name? I think his name is Achibe. It's like the, he's like some like witch doctor. They bring him back to life. So, but anyway, I want to get back to this uh, Loki thing because me personally, Loki is like the comic relief in all these movies. I don't really feel like he's the the quote unquote like best bad guy ever simply for the fact that he's not in one more one marvel movie like he's been in thor he was in uh avengers and it's like he's had so much run in the movies and from what it looked like he's done in the movies then people just automatically say well he's like the the best villain you know he doesn't get one shot at can i say this though I'm just basing that solely on the first Thor movie because they changed him over time, man. Okay. Now, now he's almost a good guy, you know? Yeah, yeah but you in, know? But in the first movie, there was none of that, you know? It yeah. was like, yo, y'all brought me here. I'm a frost giant. You hid this from me. This is who I really am, and I want to be part of the throne. I could never be that guy. It's all about Thor. He don't deserve it. Like, you really... You felt Loki in that first one, but then came the the comic relief and the blah. Yeah, they weakened yeah. him over time. Yeah. But this is the this is the effect of the Marvel machine because I mean, let's face it, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I mean, the Winter Soldier was a compelling foil, a compelling villain to Captain America. Now we're talking about him. You know, he's the broken white boy in in Black Panther. So yeah. I mean, yeah. we you know we we're always at we know. That's the effect of the Marvel machine, and, and Rome had a great point of saying that, you know, um, Marvel movies are hero-centric. Um, that's, you know, we're, we're used to that. We're used to 
the, the good guy winning. I think that's that's part of the Marvel, Marvel uh, culture, and for better or for worse, you know that's that's um, what we have with Marvel, and that's you know really um, what has worked. When we come back, we're gonna focus on the strong women leads in Black Panther. This is a discussion that you don't want to miss. So stay tuned. You're listening to Making a Difference. My name is Lauren Macon, and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you looking for affordable health care? Are you looking for a pharmacy that you can trust? Well, look no further than Medical Villa Pharmacy on 1520 Laney Walker Boulevard here in beautiful Augusta, Georgia. This may be a familiar voice to you. Hey, it's none other than Ken Macon from the hit show Making a Difference. And I just want to tell you about the fine folks over at Medical Villa Pharmacy. They're led by pharmacists Dr. Marshall Curtis and Baron Curtis. And I tell you, they provide great service for many of us here in Augusta, Richmond County. They take Georgia Medicaid, insurance plans, charge cards, WIC vouchers, and they even provide free delivery service. The Medical Villa Pharmacy is conveniently located in the medical district near the Medical College of Georgia and Payne College, Medical Villa Pharmacy. They are dedicated doctors, medical mavens, and a blessing to the health industry. What more can I say but head to Medical Villa Pharmacy, 706-722-7355, 706-722-7355. Tax problems giving you the blues. Tax liens, levies, garnishments, unfiled tax returns, denied a passport because you owe back taxes. I'm Jesse Willard with your locally owned H&R Block in Hepsiburg. We have over 25 years of experience in representing clients with tax problems, and we can help you to jazz up your life. Contact us at 706-305-1412 to schedule your free consultation. H&R Block, the one you know and trust. There was a very strong uh, female presence. Um, and Black Panther, oh, yeah. and um, you know it's it's been stated in almost to the point now where it may be overstated, but then I let's just be real. I mean, this is this is something that we have not seen when you look at Wonder Woman, but then when you talk about Black Panther to make it you know Afrocentric to say that we're seeing you know in a, in a contextual way that's very positive <laughs> because I think societally when you say strong Black woman, it almost has this negative connotation. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I can agree uh, with that. To, to the disservice of black women, but to have the idea of strong black women and to have it in this positive, powerful context, what did you think when you saw, you know, the Dora Milaje and when you saw um, Okoye and Nakia, who were different ideologically, but were both very strong women? Man, I thought it was amazing, man. And the reason why I thought it was amazing, they wasn't just there to serve him. You know, he actually took their counsel you know, into consideration. They was part of the process. They wasn't just there to, you know, protect him and that's it. So when it came to stuff like that, and, and that just goes to the right in the Black Panther too. He just wasn't some militant black guy who was just over this country. Y'all do as I say, that's it. It was a collective group. And I, I really appreciated that, man. Like they they had a say so in the movie. Like she changed his outlook on everything. Like, look, we can't keep everything to ourselves there's people out here struggling and Killmonger had the same message he's like yo these people out here struggling we got all these resources and we're not helping them out and and for him to be able to be like yo you know she got a good point I'm gonna listen to what she's saying you don't get that in movies too much that the guy's gonna listen to what the woman has to say and really take it to heart Unless it's a love movie and he's only doing it to get some booty. You know, <laughs> that, that's it. I guess I'll listen to it because, huh, that's my piece. No, no, none of that. Yeah, keeping it a buck, man. And that's the other thing, too. I, I hate no, that. Go ahead, go ahead. The fact that, you know, they had that romantic relationship, 
but they didn't harbor on it and hit you over the head where they're like, yo, they had a thing. It's strong, but we're going to focus on the story. We ain't going to throw the love story in there and make it a central, central yeah, part of the movie. Make it a chick flick. Yeah, you, you know, exactly. So make I, I like that Spider too. Man. Not to offend. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but to keep make it real. Spider Man. Want to want to welcome uh look Prince uh, Prince Julian uh, Lord Julian of, of House Ferguson um, to to the podcast a, 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 a young man who's uh, six months old and is wondering what in the world's going on but look you know f- few years from now when he's podcasting uh he always had this moment hey, <laughs> look with, with with his uncles and brethren <laughs> so just to um, piggyback on what you guys were talking about about the strong female presence just that. The emphasis on strong, right? So, these women were phenomenal. You know, the um, general, man, she was the standout in the movie for me. Because she was not trying to sit around and, um, you know, take it laying down. But I think what resonated with me the most was her duty to her country. She put country first. You know what I'm saying? So, it was like that one scene. Say excuse me, boy. That one scene (laughs) when she was um, talking to um, Nakia after um, they thought T'Challa had um, died. And she said, look, I don't care who on the throne. I'm serving the country. Yeah. To me, that was powerful. And And it was a a common theme, too, because she ended up, she had a relationship with, I'm just calling him old boy from Get Out. Same as with Kabi. Yeah. Um, Daniel, um, what's Kaluuya? Kaluuya. Yeah, yeah. Where they, uh, you know, they had that scene where he's like, would you kill me, my love? She was like, basically, hey. like, for my country, <laughs> you gonna die today. Hey. <laughs> she looked at him like, would you doubt that I would? You know what I'm <laughs> like, come on, you know me. Let, like, me. let me ask y'all something, man. You know, um, you know, just different dynamics and, you know, seeing relationships played out. Like, how, how did y'all feel about that moment? Just, you know, being a dude and being in that spot, I mean... You understood it, but as a man, it's got to kind of hurt a little bit when your lady's like, I got to choose my country over you. That hurts, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I have a, that's that's one gripe that I have with the movie. How quickly, what's his name? Wakabi? Wakabi. Sound, sound, you know, Asian. But it's <laughs> like that, uh, that that um, that spread that you put on your um, sushi. Well, like wasabi, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasabi. But um, how quickly he jumped ship. Like I did not appreciate that. You know, all these years, you know, you couldn't catch Claw. His his one shot that Black Panther T'Challa got a chance to catch him didn't do it. That's it. I'm out. I'm out. I, that was one problem that yeah, I had. There were some context with that, though. You know, was, for me, I like, guess I didn't still. take it that way because I looked at it like he was mad at him at that moment, but he also understood that it, in the long run, this is what I got from it, in the long run, T'Challa was going to be more more of the same of his father. I can give you And that. in his mind, he's like, you know what? Maybe it is that time for us to, you know, rock with a ruler that's going to actually get stuff done. You know, it's not that I want to see this dude dead, but at the same time, he had a duty to his country too. And from his perspective, that was the new king. That's the way I seen it. So, And, you know, we joked about this before, but I would have been in a Wakandan prison too. <laughs> uh, Killmonger was putting in that work. Let's talk. Let's talk about this for a minute. Let's go around the table. Let's ask the question: Was Killmonger right? I, in my opinion, I think he was. In the context of the movie, I think he was. Now, I may have not agreed with the way he was putting in the work. His methods. Yeah, sure, like I, I, he that's should, what I was you don't choke slam old women. That's just not a good look. Man. Yeah. Don't, you don't choke slam old women. So don't get me twisted. I, I'm not. Even when he, you know, shot his old lady, that was kind of messed up. But. I really didn't feel too bad for her because she was stealing anyway. But um, 
when it comes <laughs> when it comes down to you know, and she said I'm sorry. She knew what it was. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. yeah man, it was like the best breakup you could have, right? You know, <laughs> that's a way to sell baby. Hey, at least he told her it was gonna be all right. But um, seriously though, all serious, I understood where he was coming from more than I understood what T'Challa was trying to do because with um, with Killmonger, you know, he's seeing he's he's he grew up in Oakland. He's seeing people die every day. You know, for whatever reason, he's seeing that these people have the resources to actually help, and they're just keeping it all to themselves because they don't want to um, get involved. So I understand. In my opinion, you know, I feel like he had a valid point, and you know, now, like I said, I don't think he should have been bombing people and stuff like that. But definitely, the people that were suffering and being oppressed, the people that were in situations where they, you know, being killed for no reasons by terrorist organizations, why not give them a hand and help them out? See, my thing is, once again, see, I got to bring some some criticism to the movie. I mean, because for all the praise that it gets, great, great, great movie. Why fall back on, huh, let's just give him weapons. Like, <laughs> like come on, man. You too smart of a guy to just say, all right, I done took over Wakanda. Let's just give him weapons. Don't give him blasters. Yeah, is, like. is, is that, like, come on, man. Just give know, him some blasters. I, I, I yeah. that's, the, that's one element I didn't like. I would like to see a more thought-out plan than let's just drop some weapons in. You mean like maybe, let, let me ask you this, you mean like maybe going and educating people on how to infiltrate and things like that? Just, just, just anything other doing, than, I mean, similar to what he did. But here's the thing now, it was a two-hour movie. They was, I don't see anything you could have cut from the movie. So you could only add it time. Yeah, so it was I, a four-hour cut originally. Yeah, which, I, which I would love to see. Yeah, yeah. I so would too. I could see some time constraints to yeah. you know, which will, which will probably be playing you know as you enter the gates of heaven. You yeah. know, you'll probably see the four-hour uh, yeah. director's <laughs> cut there. But um, but yeah, man. I to me, I, that's one of the things. Even with you know, with, for everybody that's looking at you know this move this movie from a philosophical perspective, you know, I think that's one of the things that kind of left me like, uh, you know, kind of disappointed. Because I would have liked, because to me, if you're going to have a, for lack of a better word, a fusion of ideologies between, you know, T'Challa's idea, uh, ideas and Kilmarger's ideas, you have to at least hold oppressive governments or uh, governments who have oppressed people who look like us accountable. What would that look like somewhere like America? What would that look like somewhere, I mean, let's face it, across the world? And it would look like, it would look like more than saying, hey, we're going to share our resources with you. Like, to me, we're going to share our resources with you as soon as you pay reparations. We're going to share our resources with you as soon as, effective immediately, you stop treating, you know, dark-skinned people like this. To me, there was a there was a certain, like, incomplete element there where, to me, you can build on more than saying, oh, yeah, we're going to build some, um, you know, build some uh, technological, you know, build STEM centers, you know, in Oakland. To me, there, there's, there's more of a dynamic that you can explore there. I would have loved to hear Killmonger have a conversation with a political leader or just, you know, yeah, the, United, the United Nations. Like, look, rectify it or we will rectify it. Yeah. I, I feel you. I yeah, feel you. Now, I feel that would have been hot. That would have been just, powerful, too. Not, not just fly some weapons out. And like you said, the fact that, you know, we're just going to help technolo- technologically. I, no. Like, look, hey, we, we still want to stay to ourselves. We will come and fix this problem if you guys don't. And they're going to be like, oh, how are you going to do that? I would have loved to see T'Challa just change into the suit right there at the end of the movie. He's like, oh, what do you guys have to offer? Oh, where? watch this. 
Oh, that would have been hot. But, you know, it ended well. I, I liked it. I liked it. But I would have loved to see something like that, you know? Definitely. Let me ask you guys this. Um, but James ain't oh, getting in on the Killmonger. Um, oh, go ahead. The Killmonger was right? He ain't getting in on it. Well, I mean, from the, from the way they, like, kind of laid it out, I don't really feel like he had a choice in the matter, bro. Like, I'm outside playing ball. I come in, my dad got claws in his chest. So, like, and I mean, from a little kid point, I mean, you didn't see no mom in the picture. So, man, y'all just took my whole world. Now, I think he said that in the movie. So, like, I mean, hey, like, I got to come. This salt been building up for, like, 20 years. Hey. Yeah, seriously. I'm coming in swinging. And so, I mean, like. That that resonated with Jerome's son. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He like words. You know? So, it's like, man, like, how else could he, like. Hey, could he come in there? I mean, like, yo, I mean, I, like, I mean, like T'Challa said, if y'all, why didn't y'all just bring him on? Yeah. Like, that would have been. Man, that, I love that scene, man. Like, yo. To his dad. Yeah. Oh, like, so why didn't y'all just bring him home, man? Y'all just, like, y'all killed the dude, Pops. You know why? And because he just he would left have, him there. Because um, King Chicago, Chica- uh, T'Chaka. T- yeah, him too. He would have <laughs> been like, yo. He would have had to answer for killing his brother. Yeah, that's the whole point of sweep. That's to me. That's one of the reasons why I like this movie too, because it show you how complicated people are. Because this dude mm. said, "I'm gonna kill my brother just to protect my secret." You know, mm. I don't want the dirt getting out, and if it means me killing my own flesh and blood, I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it showed how complicated these cats are, and you know, I think in, in regards All choices to choices have yeah. consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, consequences and repercussions, and right, he and Killmonger was the embodiment of consequences for yeah. Um, Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a way to put it. I want to ask, uh, what's what's next for? Um, we know what's next for the Marvel Universe. Infinity War is coming out. They've pushed the date up to April. The, <laughs> the Lord is good. I'm trying to take advantage of that Black Panther steam that they got. They want that momentum, dog. They want that momentum. It's, it's funny how like I've seen people try to like counteract that and say it's not entirely true. It wouldn't surprise me to see Marvel at some point put out a. To me, if I'm, you know, the, the guys behind the scenes for Marvel, I'm putting out a 30 second trailer of just running through Wakanda. Oh, you know, I, I'm cutting the end of that. I think it's like a minute and a half trailer they have out. Mm-hmm. I'm cutting that to the last 30 seconds, and I'm pushing Black Panther on to some of these new fans that we're talking about. Well, you know, I think a lot of that, for people to say that that's not the case, I would say, you know, look at um, Wonder Woman and Justice League. You know, it didn't help much, but they definitely shifted their focus towards Wonder oh, Woman. Yeah. They tried. And I'm pretty sure if Wonder Woman wasn't the focus, that 95 would have been 75. You might be right, because they mm-hmm. definitely started making yeah. her the center of of the marketing. And then when you build on momentum of people that are not even Marvel heads like us and you want those people to show up, yeah, you're going to make it, um, make your marketing materials um, more uh, um, Black Panther centric now because you want those same people to show up at the end of April. And I, and I think also too, with Hollywood, sometimes it becomes a game of cannibalism, right? Think about what um, Marvel has going on in, um, or oh, Disney for that matter, in um, May. They got um, Han Solo, and they had um, Infinity War, right? Both mm-hmm. in May. And then they're already going to be competing with a, a rival studio, Fox, with Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. So they were like, well, we need to get some of this money as much as we can because we know that we're going to start splitting the difference. And we definitely don't want to take away from Han Solo, so we need to do something. So I think it's a combination of those things. Definitely. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah. This is definitely a combination of all those things, man. Like you said, with them starting to cannibalize themselves a little bit, 
you know, you, you got to kind of try to spread it out. Uh, like you said, ride the Black Panther wave and everything. I mean, because my sister, once again, the one that went to the movie twice to see it, and she don't even watch movies <laughs> like that, she was like, man, I can't wait to see Infinity War. I'm like, what you know about Infinity War? All because it said Black Panther will be back in Infinity mm-hmm. War. And now she she probably went and did her research. Oh, this movie comes out May 4th or whatever. I would, love, was. I would love to see the streaming numbers and like the rentals on all the other Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe man. movies post Black Panther. Wow. I would love to get the demographics on that too just to see, you know, just do a quick um, – analytics to say okay how many people are investing in this whole universe now how many people went back to watch civil war because mm-hmm. of black panther i would love to see the data on that <laughs> what's next for um for black panther you guys think or james you about to interject something uh, well i think they they gotta do what they can because like you said earlier man i don't think i don't think nobody expected it to like blow up like a bomb like it did and so <laughs> hey look man we gotta capitalize What's next for Black Panther? Black Panther is the new Iron Man of the um of the series. That, that, that's, that's what right, it is. <laughs> Took the words right out of my that, mouth. That, that's all right. it is. That's a perfect way to phase Robert Downey out, making fifty million per movie. What? Bring, bring in Chadwick Boseman, who's going to be making like three million. I know, four. right? Exactly, because he's on that contract. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If they had him under a three or four picture deal, five picture deal, they had him on a five. Mm-hmm. So Infinity War, the second part would be his fourth movie. Mm-hmm. So, oh, they they smart. Yeah. They got them. They they knew. They knew. Yeah, <laughs> they knew. And just to build, on, and just to build on what you're saying, man. It's to me from a story perspective, it's a perfect way to really have some dramatic impact on the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe that they decide to kill Iron Man because you got Wakanda now that can serve as your tech um, substitute. For, yeah, yeah, your tech substitute. Yeah. yeah. So now, if you kill Iron Man, you started off your MCU with this hero. And then the the culmination of the first 10 years ends with his death. To me, from a story perspective, I'm thinking that's the way you want to go. If you that, really want, That's how you got to do it, Yeah, man. if you really want to have some dramatic impact on your story and make people understand that, look, these stakes are real. Because another um, criticism of Marvel movies, the stakes aren't always, you know, really, you know, in there. Because even with... Um, when they killed Quicksilver in Age of Ultron, no one cared. Nobody cared about Quicksilver. No, that was a cop out kill. Just man. showed up in that. Movie. That was a cop out kill, man. We wanted to see Hawkeye get bodied. That's what we wanted to see. We wanted to see Hawkeye get bodied. I didn't want to see Hawkeye I get bodied. And I'm gonna tell you he why. He was hilarious in that movie. No, he was. Don't get me wrong. He was funny. That's why I kill him at the end. And I'm gonna tell you <laughs> the reason why I think it would have made more. Of, it would have made um. Civil War that more interesting because then you would have had a brother and sister fighting in that war instead of just you know friends and stuff because if you would have had Quicksilver on one side and Scarlet Witch on the other side fighting each other to me that would have been like dang brother and sister going at it that's deep you know so wouldn't have been much of a fight she crushed him like that take away his speed he can't do anything I don't know man you know he might have had some like a, a, a shield jump pack or something no <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I would have broke both his legs. Fight <laughs> over. Fight over. You got to break his legs. It's a twist an ankle. You He's know. <laughs> well, I guess you're right because she sure um, tossed up Black Panther. I mean, um, Black Widow like it was nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but what, what you think, Kitten? You know what's next for you know T'Challa in the Kingdom of Wakanda? I tell you, man. I, I'm looking at this thing from. I think one of the the profound things for me about Black Panther is, and just this era that we're in, in terms of the movie is I feel like there's so much uncharted territory. I feel like there's still so so much in terms of 
really engaging the community in a way that where you can really, like, really impact lives. I mean, right now, we're really just scratching the surface. It's, oh, yeah, kids are getting to see a cool black superhero that doesn't embarrass them for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, we're... Um, <laughs> black man. <laughs> Meteor man. So, you know, we're getting to see... Um, I, I just think, we, like, black superheroes are, are being pictured in a different light. Not that I, I like Meteor Man. I like, uh, like Blank Man. I like, you know, Blade and some of these heroes that have come before. It's just that Black Panther has really taken it to another stratosphere to the point where Rome's sitting here with a six-month-old. I got a two-month-old at the house, and I'm like, man, I can't wait till my kid's old enough to really understand what's going on on the screen so I can show them the movie. Like, what type of conversations, do you, you know, Rome, are you having with your son in a couple of years? What type of conversations am I having with my son? You know, now they want, hey, I want, you know, I want this. this yeah, man, you know, yeah. they, they pretty much got it to the point where they're indoctrinating us into spending money on these uh, heroes <laughs> and you know me and Kitten we're going to have uh, dates where we take our sons to go see these black superheroes on screen <laughs> but yeah just to your point Kitten I think the next thing that's coming is uh, more Wakanda I think you're going to see a lot more merchandising I think you're going to see a lot more um, you know uh, cartoons you're going to see a lot more of everything Wakanda not just Black Panther focus but Wakanda focus but as far as like the Marvel Cinematic Universe man Oh man, you're gonna see him. He like Jimmy said, he he's gonna be the new Iron Man. You know they're gonna ride this wave until you can't ride it no more. He's gonna mm-hmm. show up in every movie that they can that it makes sense for him to be in. They might even make him the um, new leader of the Avengers, and that could add to some story elements too. Because if you have someone that's the leader of the Avengers but he's also a king, you got controversy within your country to the point where it's like we don't need an Avenger, we need a king. So you got so many avenues that you can actually go. And if they do decide to resurrect Killmonger, who's to say that, you know, someone won't break Wasabi? What's his name? Wakabi, okay. Break him out of jail and say, hey, let's resurrect this guy. I mean, but you know what? That's what happened in the comic books. That's how um, Killmonger became king because he was helping the Avengers out so much. Mm -hmm. It allowed Killmonger to come in and be like, yo, this dude ain't even here. Yeah. You know, but they killed him. So, whatever. Or bring somebody else and, you know, just. That's true. Man, and then just <laughs> black actors in general that are in this movie, you know, just to veer outside the Marvel Universe for a minute. You think about the young lady, Letitia Wright. You think about um, Winston Duke. All these black actors that are going to be, we're going to see these people for a while now. Not just mm-hmm. in the MCU, but just... Overnight celebrities. Yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. We're going to see these people in it, too. And, you know, I think it's just going to be a, a cool time to be... Um, a film fan if you are looking for diverse voices. Definitely. Want to get some uh, closing thoughts on Black Panther? We're going to go around the table. Start with you, James. Black Panther is absolutely amazing. I think it needs to be put in the law that every Black History Month from now on, it needs to be in the theaters for the entire month of February <laughs> just for the simple fact that people need to see it again. You know, I would love to see that though. You know, like yeah, every February, uh-huh. you know, every February, that would be hot. I just like, come on back to the theater. Be like so the Ten Commandments. Some more. <laughs> <laughs> that really would be hot. Oh, That's right. It's a great idea, James. Look, uh, slam the gavel, boom, boom, put it in the law. Wrong what you got, man? Man, my closing thoughts. Yes, uh, it was a great movie, great experience. I really enjoyed, um, not just necessarily because you know it was all black cast and all that stuff. I just Marvel's winning right now, man. It's just they just showing us in our time that what how you can change an industry, and you know a lot of times you don't get to witness that type of um, history in the making, right? So just just looking forward to the Infinity War and 
not necessarily looking forward to um, Ant-Man and the Wasp as much, but, you know, definitely looking forward to Captain Marvel. But that's all I got. Jimmy Johnson. Man, in all honesty, man, I think this movie had an unfair advantage because of the all-black cast. People was kind of scared to critic. Man, I look at y'all. Y'all like, hold on. I don't like the way this is going. <laughs> <laughs> what direction is he going? Man, it's, it's a great movie, man. You know, even though I'm critical on certain aspects, please do not get it twisted. This movie was epic. Like, I love the movie. I can't wait to see it again. Uh, the cultural impact that it had, the fact that it brought everybody out. Everybody. I was, man, look, my parents went and seen it. My sisters who don't go to the movies went to go see it. They took their whole families. They've seen it multiple times. I don't know... I know we didn't expect this, and I don't know if we ever see it again. And it's it's just really important, especially in a time like now, where everybody is so divisive, man, mm. just to see something like this come about and see everybody unify. And I, I guarantee you, people was just waiting for something violent to happen somewhere. They were waiting for the headline. They was waiting the, so hard that they created stuff. That, exactly. Literally. Fake post and all this stuff like that. And just to see how everything went off without a hitch, it, it was... One of the greatest moments that I've experienced. My closing thoughts are pretty simple because even now, as we're celebrating this movie and we're seeing it just like reach these untold heights, you have people who are inexplicably um, hating on this movie and not even hating on the movie, but I just think they're hating on the idea of black people having fun. And it just kind of, it takes me to a point where it's kind of disappointing when like us going into the us going to the movies to have a good time and to see a movie that makes us happy it's like this social experiment that has to be broken down to like a thousand different ways just go and enjoy the movie first and foremost before you get into all of these think pieces before you go into you know trying to your your failed efforts to compare this movie to birth of a nation oh wow <laughs> Go and enjoy it. Hey, that's a podcast Whoa. in itself. Bro. Yeah. Go go Whoa. and enjoy the movie. I understand that, you know, Whoa. art can inspire people to do do great things. And I think that Black Panther is doing that. You know, Black Panther is inspiring people to great uh, humanitarian efforts. It's inspiring, you know, kids to get into science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, I think it is, um, you know, out, like outlining great philosophical discussions about, you know, the African diaspora. Um, let this movie be what it is first and foremost. Let it be a movie, and <laughs> let it be a movie. And then outside of that, you know, you know, let it do what really good art does. And I think it it is doing that. I think the fact that people are having so many discussions about it, um, it validates this this movie for what it is. It's a it's a great timeless classic piece of art that. Whether we like it or not, it is causing a paradigm shift. And my hope is that said shift uh, is for the better. It is something that, you know, unites us culturally. It is something that not only unites us, but reignites us culturally and gives us, you know, a type of pride that makes us be proud to be black. Or even if you're maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're not African-American, it helps you to understand that the experience of black people is about more than slavery. It's about more than all of these negative connotations. There are things that we're proud of. And they're, you know, and it shows what we can do if we're given the opportunity. And that's my take on Black Panther, man. Um, glad to have my brothers uh, here in the lab with me. My brothers, look, brothers plus one got little man uh, uh, here, man. Just, um, just very grateful. As always, man, I want you guys to um, 
share the podcast, you know, share making a difference. You guys can, uh, you know, keep up on Facebook, facebook.com backslash making a difference show. Of course, you know, I'm on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com backslash making a difference. I want you guys to follow us there. And uh, Julian is actually giving us our cue to go ahead and shut things down. He's getting a little, getting a little feisty over here. So uh, with that, I want to say, as always, thank you guys so much. Uh, peace and God bless. All right, so the episode just ended and you're mad. It may be making a difference, but you're also mad because the episode is over. But here's the deal. The movement continues. It continues on social media and far beyond. Social media, Facebook, Twitter. You can go to facebook.com backslash making M-A-K-I-N a difference show. And you can keep up with social commentaries. You can also know when the podcasts are coming out. You can also know when our video logs are coming out. And that's the way you can keep up with that. It's facebook.com backslash making difference show. You can also keep up with us on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Difference Making. That's D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E Making, M-A-K-I-N. If you want to follow the SoundCloud podcast, you can do so by going to soundcloud.com backslash Making a Difference. If you're interested in advertising with Making a Difference, you can shoot an email to Making, M-A-K-I-N, a difference show at gmail.com. That's Making a Difference Show at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your support. I love you guys. Peace. And God bless. You win. Perfect.